Hello and welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast, Justin Bedford, alongside Noah Russo. How are you doing this week, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Doing good. Doing decent. Uh, quiet week. Lots of Panthers games. Uh, last Sunday football game. I don't know if you caught it. Seahawks. Absolute wagon. I actually didn't catch it, believe it or not. I had uh, it on in the background at work. I went to, I was at the Hitman game. Ooh. And uh, I don't. They were playing Vancouver, um. So yeah, I was at the game, so I I actually completely missed the football game, and then I saw it was like a, I saw there were like five minutes left with like a fourteen point gap, and I was like, I'm not gonna subject myself to this. Yeah, and once again, I, I said it before again, Russell Wilson wasted Pete Carroll's prime. That that yeah no it's that's gaining some traction eh. It's it telling you it's gaining momentum. The people are buying into it. Um, but yeah, other than football, uh, Panthers hockey, it has not been a great week for the Florida Panthers. It's not ideal. No, like you know, you're you're on the road trip, right? It's. I think one one of the things for me when I was looking at the Panthers this season was that they had a pretty easy schedule to start the season, right? Which kind of, and I think that's hugely beneficial because as a team, you always want to get off to a good start, and having an easy schedule helps with that a lot. And the Panthers, I thought, really had an opportunity uh, to get off to a good start to the season with some of the matchups that they had. I mean, they've played Chicago, they lose that one, they play Arizona, they lose that one, they scrape by against San Jose, uh, and then last night, obviously the loss uh, in regulation to the LA Kings. Uh, it's not great. They're sitting at six, five and one to start the year. Um, how disappointing is this start for you from the team? Uh, it's like, it's disappointing, but I, I can't say it's like panic worthy. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not good. But it's not like it could be so much worse than it is. Yeah, and, and I guess that's that's kind of where I am. It's like kind of th- this this l- state of limbo, this gray area where I'm like, well, like it's not the end of the world, but at the same time, like when when should we start panicking? They're over five hundred. Like you can't, you, you can never be. How, how can I be? How can you be upset with a team that's over five hundred? You know what I mean. I mean, like I... it's it's tough. Yes, we saw the Panthers as being that team and that good, but other teams have been stepping it up and and have been that good. And you want to know what? Like, I I still think the Panthers have a playoff team. 
I, I do too. Like, I don't think it's like the, yeah, again, I don't think the sky's falling or anything like that. Um, it is to me yeah, disappointing just again with the quality of opponent they've come up against, but you go back to the, the Aaron Eckblad injury, I think is huge. Right. And that's a guy you were really going to lean on this year and not having him. You cannot stress enough how much that hurts this team. But I think if your expectation going into this season was them to be, you know, the team they were last season, the president's trophy winning team exactly. that was dominant, outscoring opposition. That's not what they were going for in the off season, right? They were going for a little bit of a longer window, kind of punting on this year a bit with uh, some of the contracts that they have and hoping, you know, they have a little bit more flexibility in the next few seasons to add some pieces around their core to spend money a little bit better cap will be going up. So it is a little bit of a punt on this year. That said though, I think, yeah, you still want them to be a playoff team. You still want them to be very competitive. Uh, I also, I don't know if you saw as well. Um, it's from a uh, moneypuck.com and they had a list of the most snake bit players basically to start the year, the players who are scoring uh, well below uh, what their expected goals are. And there are two Panthers players on the list so far uh, at the seventh and eighth, which is somehow Matthew Kachuk, who's been excellent. Mm. Uh, but also Sam Reinhart, who has really not uh, found a way to get onto the score sheet. Uh, do you think as season goes on, we'll see that kind of turnaround a bit? Yeah, I think I think you have to. Like, you can't we played 12 games we played maybe like what would you say 15 percent of the season um, is that what the math is well i'm pretty good at quick math so i think i'm pretty close wait what are you saying what percentage you said 15 percent yeah all right let me run that run the numbers on close. that 14.6 15 percent yeah 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 oh quick maths indeed yeah, quick maths indeed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, I think that's why we, you know, we see that turnaround. Sam Reinhardt's, a, you know, they're all like really good hockey players. Um, and I, I think, you know, sometimes there's a lot of, there's been a lot of shuffling in the, in the, in the standings. I, I don't know if I can say that in that way. Like a lot has changed since last season. Oh, like, yeah. Teams. Teams that were bad last season are now good this season, and vice versa. And it, it that's it just what a salary cap it, does, exactly. And it it might just be that it takes a second to get used to this new landscape, to get used to this kind of slightly different pace of play. Um, and th that's why I think you know can't put too much, read too much into these early season statistics and that kind of stuff and yeah. especially especially be, with like the amount of changes the team's had yeah yeah you've got to be optimistic that this is this is okay we're still getting our legs and you know if the 20 game mark is probably where you start taking into you start taking like more divisive like more more serious like takes yeah, like I think, right. like I think there's some stuff where it's like very obviously, like this not this not working or this player's not very good, and you can tell that early in a season. 
But there are other things like Sam Reinhart being as cold as he is, where it's like it give it a little bit more time to see if it'll turn around. He got off to a slow start last year as well before really turning it on. Yeah. Uh, so that could be the case again here. Um, and you kind of just have to wait and see uh, with him. I mean, I'm hoping he turns it around. The other part of it too, I think, is that with Paul Maurice behind the bench as well, uh, he, he's a coach, I think, that likes to have a certain level of accountability with his players, right? You know, if a guy is not working hard or, you know, they're not feeling it, their play hasn't been good, you know, demote them, a little less ice time, maybe a trip to the box, not for, you know, to the press box, not for Sam Reinhart, but for, you know, a more depth player. I just don't think this team has the depth where they can really uh, do that in the same way they maybe could have last year. Absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a completely different coaching style. Right. Like you, you want to hold guys accountable, but you can't exactly drop Sam Reinhardt to the fourth line because of the way he's played, because you just don't have the depth to have a guy step up into that top six. Exactly. And you mentioned off, you mentioned it off air is you still got like some, some, the stall brothers, like they're still playing. Like you're caught in this position where you still have to play much, much worse guys so you don't have that rocks roster flexibility that you would if you weren't playing guys like that. Yeah, like if you went off of just the way they've played so far, the Stahl brothers should not be in the lineup. They just shouldn't, right? You should have Alexi Haponiemi, who did get called up, and hopefully maybe we'll see him tonight, and it should be Lucas Carlson. Yeah. Because when you lose your best defenseman on an already thin defensive group, you cannot afford to have one of your six DB, Mark Stahl. In the year 2022. Like, that's what year it is. We, you cannot be doing that. It will not work. It hasn't worked. And, th- like, that's one where it's like, that should be an easy thing to switch up. I don't know why they're keeping them in there. It's not working at all. And and I, I it's curious. Like, I don't know if we would have seen them under Brunette. Like I don't know if it's like a Paul Maurice and more of like a, uh, he likes his veteran guys. Yeah, exactly. Like a more experienced coach. You know, he's been in the league for years. Um, like maybe maybe that's that's what it is. He just he trusts his veterans and you know he he's the experience and that's what matters at the end of the day. And that that's fine. I don't. I think that's fine. I don't see an issue with that. But like. Problem. The problem is when it's Mark Stahl and Eric Stahl, it's, it's yeah, it's not as as comforting. Yeah, and I think you know, like we're fifteen games in the year, and I think there's still a lot to sort out, uh, with the lines. Like I think that first line has been excellent. You don't touch that. You leave that. That's your first line. It's a great first line. It's been fantastic for you all year, and I think your top pairing has been pretty good, and your second pairing's been as good as you could expect with those two guys. But when you're looking at the second and the third and the fourth line, I think there's definitely some pieces that could be shuffled around to give you, uh, I don't think they found their ideal combinations in the bottom half of their lineup is really it. Exactly. Like for me, um, I think last night they dropped Rudolph Balsers to the, uh, fourth line. They had Nick cousins up there on the second line. Uh, Nick cousins should not be on your second line unless you're the coyotes he just shouldn't 
Uh, Rudolph Balsers has been good. I would maybe like to see Sam Ben, another guy who hasn't really got it going this year. It's tricky. I like. I, I would maybe flip Bennett and Wendell. Wendell Reinhardt Balsers to me could be a good line. But yeah, there's some movement there, and then I think that honestly, third pairing should just not exist or exist in Charlotte. Certainly, I I, I agree with that. Um, that that third pairing is quite scary and just unnecessary. Um, so, but you know, we go back. It's it's the cap, like. You don't have the space to bring in new players. You don't you don't have the roster flexibility that you wish you had. And you're you find yourself stuck in these positions when you have guys that really have no business playing up from where they're supposed to be playing. And then you just you get caught with Nick Cousins on the second line. You get caught with Eric Stahl on your lineup. Like you're you're kind of you're stuck. You don't really have a solution. There is no solution, and you're just trying to make the best of the given situation. And the reality is, it's just it's not a good situation right now. Yeah, like I think I don't think anyone's exactly satisfied with the entirety of this group, right? And you would want you in an ideal world, you would love to make some changes, right? You would love to add, you know, maybe an extra forward, an extra defenseman. But you just don't have that ability uh, with how tight they are to the cap, which is really unfortunate because I do think if they want to, if they were to make a push in the playoffs and really try to do something, I do think, I don't think they can do it exactly with this group. I think it needs something, another body. Yeah. But I just don't see how they're able to do that. I don't either. It's, and and we talked about it is, as long as this team's ma- as long as this team makes the playoffs, that for me is the win. Yeah, that is, is the ultimate goal of the season. You're not trying to win the Stanley Cup. You're just trying to finish. Yeah, you're trying to make it into the playoffs. You're going to get that playoff revenue, whatever it is. And then next year, when you have a ton of guys coming off the books, and the year after. Then you can start really like you. I don't want to use the word building because you've already built the foundation. Yeah. All you got to do is just kind of like pretty it up. You know what I mean? Like slap a new coat of paint on it. Exactly. Exactly. Right now, you don't have the money to do that. You literally, you are the house. There, like, there are cracks, it's breaking. But you don't have any money to make any repairs right now. It's you know but what next it is. Year, it's that you know the movie. This is the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when he tries to duct tape the, duct the tape. <laughs> That's what the situation is. is like exactly. You want to fix it, but that's really all you got. Exactly. But the only difference with that is that it's not the end of the world, right? And next year is going to be better. And I, I think oh, undoubtedly. It's just about like creating those temporary fixes until like, trying to find the best analogy or best metaphor to use this. It's like you're just trying to like like kind of like in 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 the military in war when you're like you're defending a spot, you just gotta defend it until the reinforcements come. Exactly. 
And that, that it feels like that is as long as we can defend, as long as we can, we can kind of just stay in the mix long enough. Reinforcements will come, and it will get better. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And when you say like, also like, your goal is probably just to make the playoffs, right? That that I think that's true. But at the same time, right? Like, once you make the playoffs, any team can get hot and go on a run, right? We've seen that before where an eight seed comes in, right? And they go on a little bit of a run deeper in the playoffs. But you need to be there. You need to buy a ticket in order to have a chance at that. Right, exactly. And so just getting there is the key. And then once you're there, who knows, right? It, it can be a toss-up. But you got to get there first. Uh, and I do think this team will get there. But it would be nice to me, uh, maybe have like the because Anthony Duclair will come back at some point, right? Yeah, I don't think he's dead. Yeah. Even using, like, your metaphor of, like, waiting for the reinforcements, even within this season, it's kind of just waiting for Aaron Eckblad and Anthony Duclair to be healthy. They're your reinforcements. And then go out and, you know, maybe add a piece at the deadline. Exactly. But getting those guys back is going to make a big difference. I, I think so, too. And, you know, like, and it's just going to take one at a time and it's going to, it's going to start moving just slowly but surely. And, you know, you just got to, you got to wait for that and you got to yeah. have trust in your group and just keep at her. Exactly. Like, I hate the narrative that a lot of people are throwing out, like, oh, like Bill Zito, like, de- like destroyed his team with that Hubert. Yeah, we, we can, ast- we can address that right now because I brought it up right before we, you brought we it up before we hit record. It's Ryan Whitney. Well, and he's not alone, but he's one of the bigger people going he's with the that. One, he, he's the one that I keep seeing, and he loves talking about the fact that Bill Zito has ruined this franchise and ruined the future and this and that. And I'm like, chill, first of all. We didn't have enough money to re-sign Huberto and Uyghur. Um, So we, we could only pick one, and instead we picked Matthew Kachuk, which I think is fair. Yeah, you give up a first. Yeah, you give up a prospect. But at the end of the day, like I, I, I maintain that Bill Zito has made his team better for the future. And uh, yeah, top, like Matthew Kachuk is top ten in scoring in the National Hockey League right now. Yeah, like I don't think like, it's like that's just a fact. Well, I, I, I looked at this last night. I don't know if it was before or after the games, but point is, he was top ten. He probably still is top ten. Um. Like, like he is that he's the guy and like, it, it's just, it frustrates me because you look at the team on paper and it's not like they won't be able to win anything in the next few years. In fact, it's the opposite. Yeah, they will like be it, able. It, yeah. I, to me, it's just a really like short sighted opinion. Yeah. I get like, and you know, w- you know, we have a lot of good things to say about Bill Zito. Has every movie made been perfect or worked out? No, there's been some mistakes along the way. No GM bats a thousand, right? Most exactly. of them are closer to like five hundred. I think Bill Zito's been better than that. Yeah. So yeah, of course. Like I think maybe the Ben Sherratt move, maybe the new Tavares, like those ones haven't worked out. And I, you look to the future, and yeah, they don't have a lot of picks. They have a couple prospects that could maybe come in and play, and they'll have some cap space. And I don't know, like having draft picks to me, I I don't really care about that much. I only care about them. I don't care about who you get with those picks. I care about them as an asset to maybe get a guy at a deadline. But 
because having a draft pick, having a guy you're going to, you know, you draft someone to help you in three, four years is not really what this team needs. No, I I, I agree. It's like, that's not... always like my biggest pet peeve is like, I look at a team like the Edmonton Oilers who never trade their first round pick because they're like, no, we need to keep our picks, you know, get a good young player. It's too valuable. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You have McDavid and Dreisaitl. Your window is now. Who cares about Xavier Borgo in two, three years? What's more helpful to you right now when you could win something? Exactly. So I don't mind it at all. Yeah, I mean, you'd like to. He's given up a lot of picks, but like, whatever. Whatever. Right. You know, they still have Saran Noel. They got Mackie Samoskavich. They don't really have. I think, you know, there's a difference between trading your first rounder before you draft them and trading them after you draft them. Oh, yeah. Right, there's two very different things, and I think I I, I like it's it's very interesting. But um, a first round pick is not a guarantee. How many it, how how many first rounders do we see just not pan out? Almost more, like this is, I, more I think than especially late first rounders. More first rounders don't pan out than first rounders pan out. Pan out like realistically, that's the reality. Yeah, in most drafts outside the top fifteen, very few players become first line, second like become Those first guys. line top pairing. Right, they very rarely. Yeah, right? I think people overestimate how good a first round pick is, especially a late first. Like the Panthers, those picks will be late ish. I guess like yeah, this year. It sucks because they're probably more middle of the pack and they won't have their first round. Right, right. But at the same time, who who they would have taken with that pick is probably not going to help them for especially middle of first round. They're at least two, three years away. Exactly. Right. So, you know, I, I don't mind it. I don't hate it. Me neither. Um, but yeah, I want to get into talking about uh the LA game last night and some of the future matchups coming up the game last night, lots to talk about there. But uh, before we do, uh, I got a quick ad read here from our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. So I'm going to run that now and then we'll get into talking more Panthers hockey. Hockey fans. It's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NHL. You're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. Want a side mention here. New Jersey Devils looking like a wagon right now. Jack Hughes for the Hart Trophy, potentially. Actually, Jesper Bratt for the Hart Trophy, potentially. Just throwing that out there for any Devils fans. Uh, and if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays, Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, we'll get back into it. Real quick, though, I totally forgot to mention this earlier. I, I did want to like briefly talk about it. It's not a Panthers thing. It's around the league thing. 
the Mitch Miller signing. Thoughts? Why? Why? Like, they gave this guy a max contract, and he can't even play in the NHL. Yeah. I, I, I do not understand why... I can't remember if it was Don Sweeney or who from the Bruins said this, but apparently there was a lot of interest around the league and somebody was going to do it. Okay. Yeah, so... yeah, 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 yeah. I vividly recall Mark Bergevin doing saying the same exact thing when they drafted Logan Mayu with the last pick in the first round. Everyone thought they were fucking idiots, and everyone thinks the Bruins are idiots right now. Like the the reality is, is just it's an unnecessary signing that will not change your organization. For like, there is no chance the pros outweigh the cons in this situation. Right? Like to me, it's yeah. Again, like you say, that logic of like, oh, another team's about to make a mistake. Better make it first. Like why? And it's it's a move that like. Very clearly to me, Don Sweeney, it seems like, didn't want this move. This seems like it came from above him because he did not see. Did you watch his press conference? No. He was like, oh, he's like, you know, how would I feel, you know, if that was my kid, you know, who had been bullied like that? He's like, would I be okay with this? Probably not. Do I think this is going to work out for us? I don't know. It might not. Like, he seemed like he really didn't want to do this. He's like, at all. All the players did not want this. Why do it? So, yeah, that's the thing. And he's not even, like, officially cleared to play in the AHL yet. He has to meet with the commissioner. Yeah, to me, it's... And, like, I get... I don't know. It's it's a whole... We could go... I I, I don't want to talk about it for too long because we'll go on forever. Yeah, I... The point is, I really don't like it. And at the end of the day, is, is there's all this talk about hockey culture and being toxic and you're you're just everyone has to buy in and change it together and you get this you get one team that i mean so i'm trying to understand the motivation for making this move there's no other motivation than to win right yeah. that would be the motivation and it it becomes a problem when your own winning your own success becomes more important than the entire sport as a whole. Yeah. And that, to me, is quite frankly the Boston Bruins saying, listen, we know hockey culture has a problem. We don't give a shit. As long as we win, as long as, you know, like, it just, it baffles me. This, the, the, I'm like, I'm at a loss for words. Like, I, I can't express in words how, like utterly disappointing and just yeah. awful, awful. I know. And it's like, you know, I know people are like, oh, you know, he made a mistake when he was 14 and he deserves a second chance. And it's like, first of all, that's not a mistake at 14 because it occurred over a long span of time, right? A mistake at 14, I think someone tweeted out, was like, when you do like, when you get high before your PSATs, that's a mistake at 14, right? And it, keep, keep in mind that when the, coyotes had drafted him originally at that time he had not apologized to the kid oh he only did via instagram like a week ago like that's like 
that's what itches me is just like there was no there was no like accountability until there had to be accountability somebody had to come in and force him to be accountable and that that says and he wasn't 14 when this happened exactly 18 years old he right was a, he was an adult like at, at the end of the day that says just that says more about his character than i need to know ever yeah like when oh if you're only doing something because you think it might hurt you like it exactly it sh- you're only doing it because now it's actually penalizing you before yeah. it wasn't now it is so now you have to it's it's a reactionary it's it's re it's it's cowardly is what it is it's just yeah and, and i like what a lot of the bruins said of like you know like they were asked you know does you know does he get a second chance right and they said you know they basically said maybe but he has a lot of work to do before he deserves it and i think exactly. that's correct right like you know should he get a second chance yeah if he earns it right exactly and right now i don't think anyone's convinced that he does and i think that's Correct. Yeah, and I think you can tell from what we've been saying that we don't. No. Um, no, like I, I wouldn't go near a guy like that, and it, it, and it just doesn't seem worth it to an organization and to a team that's nine and two right now, top of the league. Create bad PR for a move you can't to get a player you can't even have to alienate your fan base who are. I heard from some Bruins fans that they were like trying to email the Bruins with like feedback and stuff. And they basically just got like redirected to a page that was like, yeah, we're experiencing like high volumes of traffic right now because it's just, and at the end of the day, the sad part is we're going to talk about this for a week and And it'll just disappear. It's going to be blown over. Oh yeah. We'll forget. Nothing's going to come of it. And that's just, that's just not like, there's no accountability. Like, no, and you know that's what the Bruins are they're thinking. They're thinking, yeah, yeah we're going to face some know. backlash this week, but yeah. next week some other team's going to do something stupid or something else is going to happen and we're some, no one's exactly. going to remember. Exactly. That's and what that's what they're about. hoping for and I don't think, you know, we should all collectively let that happen. You know, not just let so them off the hook for this one. But we will see. Also very strange Gary Bettman kind of coming off as the good guy in this one. I know, I texted someone. I was like, "Hey, like Gare Bear actually has solid words for once. Like this is this is exactly what you wanted to hear from the commissioner. Yeah. Minus the part that he didn't even know about the signing until after the fact. Yeah. That seems like the t- kind of thing that that he should have he should have known. I, I he should have known like that it was happening in the sense that like Boston, like Don Sweeney could have called him up, could have said, Hey, get, Hey Gary, this we're gonna do this. Well, yeah, the head of the board of the governors is their owner. Like, seems like they're like. Seems the like there should be a little more communication on the like. It was obviously very deliberate on the Bruins' part. Even though they said that you know they put a lot of time and thought and effort into this decision. Yeah, you didn't, didn't even like, tell the league. Exactly. Like that's just it's it's a ridiculous ridiculous premise. And like, I know, like you didn't yeah, contact we, the league, you didn't contact the family of the victim, like. Wh- what did you do? You exactly. looked up his elite prospects page and saw almost 40 goals last year? Oh, man. It's, it's brutal. Brutal. But yeah, anyways, so I, I forgot to mention that before we started recording. I did want to talk about that. I just remembered yeah. mid-ad read. 
But yeah. um, back to the Panthers. I want to get to last night's game. A lot going on there. Uh, a lot of it centering around Matthew Kachuk. I want to talk about the disallowed goal. The goal interference yep. goal. Um, Panthers, the goal called off on the ice. Panthers challenge. Say there's no goal interference here. Um, do you like the challenge and do you agree with the outcome? Uh, love the challenge, hated the outcome. I think that's, I, I don't like, I wasn't watching at the point at, at this point in time. Um, but watching the replay, I don't understand what the justification is. Well, one sec, I'll, um, I'm going to pull up the, the rule. Yeah. Um, like for me, like I don't necessarily love challenging in that situation when you're like, cause if you don't challenge it, right, you're still on the power play, right? you still have a chance where you can score in that situation. So I don't necessarily love challenging in that situation, but to me, I think there was enough evidence that there's no goalie interference there that right. it warrants a challenge. And so I don't mind that from Paul Maurice uh, challenging that play. And I very much disagree with the ruling on that one. Right. And the rule is, Incidental contact with a goalkeeper will be permitted and resulting goals allowed when such a contact is initiated outside of the goal crease, provided the attacking player has made a reasonable effort to avoid such contact. So, we're, the refs don't usually justify their, their calls elaborately in those situations, but they clearly assume that Kachuk should have been more proactive and avoiding quick. The thing I don't get is they're both on the right side of the net. They kind of push out towards the middle. Quick goes to the left of Kachuk to get a good view. Puck comes. Kachuk doesn't seem to be watching quick. Quick goes back to the other side, and that's when the contact occurs. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand how Kachuk is supposed to know that Quick is going to bump into him, and I don't understand why the responsibility is on Kachuk to avoid Quick, who is going towards him, and he doesn't know he's there, and he really doesn't like. It's not like he backs into him. He's just kind of sliding across. Right. To me, I think back to I read an athletic article uh, about a year or so ago. And there was, it was like, oh, about how there's a lot of confusion with goalie interference. So here's an article where you'll read this article, basically, they say, and you'll be able to understand about 80 to 90% of goalie interference calls and why they're called a certain way. And basically, they say, the overarching thing is that in the crease, right, it's, it's the goalie space. He's entitled to be there. Anything, even incidental contact, regardless even of the degree to which it affects his ability to make the save, is likely to be goalie interference, right? If the con- if the player's in the crease, if the contact occurs in the crease, then it's going to be goalie interference. But outside the crease, uh, if it's incidental contact, then you should be pretty good. And one of the clips they showed was of a goalie interference call where it was on Jake Allen uh, a couple of years ago where the skater comes by, hits his glove, and the puck goes in glove side, right? And it was challenged for goal interference and the goal was allowed to stand because even though uh, Jake Allen's body's in the crease, his glove was outside the crease and so is the player who bumps it. And so it's incidental contact. It's outside the crease. It's a good goal. 
to me, that is no different than what we saw uh, last night with Jonathan Quick. He moves into him. The contact, the Kachuk is outside the crease. The contact is incidental. And like, what is Matthew Kachuk supposed to do there? To me, that's that should be a good goal every time. I, I completely agree. Like, Quick's body is half outside of the crease. It's, it, I, I don't understand goalie interference. I thought I did. I don't. It's very, very frustrating. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't understand that call. Uh, really, like, at all. It just, it doesn't make, any sense to me except maybe that because it's Matthew Kachuk and because they called it no goal on the ice which realistically I never like when they call it no goal on the ice I'd like them to just get a review yeah and and just take a look like call it a goal it's same thing like in soccer like with like offsides it's like if you think it's close just let them play it out and then go back and look and determine right which is kind of what I'd want to see there the other thing for me too is like if they had said, if they'd came back and they said the, the referees, because like if it's not incidental contact, then it's uh, contact on purpose from Kachuk. It's a goalie interference penalty. Mm-hmm. So if they came out and they said intentional contact with the goalkeeper, penalty 19, Florida, right? Then it's like, okay, they're saying that the contact was not accidental, right? But by not giving a penalty to Chuck there, they're saying that's incidental contact. Mm-hmm. They're saying that's not like it's not goal interference. Mm-hmm. So it to me, it's the wrong call, hurts the Panthers, and they go on uh to lose this game. What are your thoughts though on the stuff at the end of the game? Matthew Kachuk, Jonathan Quick getting into it a little bit. A little stick into the eye mask for Matthew Kachuk. Um yeah, I just uh, actually I just saw on Twitter that uh, he's getting a hearing today. Yeah, um, which was I, expected. I I assume it's not in person. Um, I mean, there was a lot of people like really livid at this, non Panthers fans, but that were like, "Oh, that's intent to injure. That's got to be a long suspension." I mean, yeah, it's intent to injure, it's, but it's, like it's, minorly, it's a, little, it's a little tough to argue. I'm not gonna lie. It's not a good look. It it's not, not a, good, a look. good look. Like, if I'm being, like, really unbiased, I think, like, yeah, that is 100% on purpose for Matthew Kachuk, right? And I do think it's intent to injure and, you know, Quick's eyes there. At the same time, like, players get high-sticked in the face all the time, right? Like, and it's not, like, that But To me, it's, like, intent to injure, but intent to injure a little. A little injure. Like, I, I think there was intent to injure. I don't think there was intent to injure... Fuck. Uh, I don't think there was intent to injure the eye. I think mm-hmm. that in that situation, Matthew Kachuk is just trying to get at Quick. Yeah. Um, I, I think he knows where Quick is, and he's just kind of jabbing his stick in there, hoping that he's gonna he's gonna you know find a spot. Um, just so happens that he grabs him right in the eye this time. Yeah. Um, by the way, the Kings broadcast was incensed. Um, yeah, I had the Kings broadcast on too. They were absolutely. You would think he murdered someone. Literally, literally, you would think that this was the biggest. Like, anyways, um, so I I thought that was funny, but uh, like the Panthers broadcast that, also took a very different approach. 
the, the, I believe they said Jonathan Cook's been in Hollywood a long time. So you know, it, so. It, I I think I think the thing is that like you know, it, it's Matthew Kachuk, and is he going to play today against Anaheim? Probably not. If I had to put money on it, um, but at the end of the day, I. I don't like it, but I'm also like I don't hate it. Like, it's like th- to this me, is like what, this is what we knew we were going to get. This side of Matthew Kachuk, we yeah, knew like, this was going to happen, and like it's as advertised, and he'll get a game or two. I don't think any more than that. I think any more than a game or two, I would be like, that's too much. Like, look, Matthew Kachuk, he likes to try to walk that line of being a little rat. Did he cross at this time? Maybe a smidge, realistically, but. Again, he didn't like. It's not that bad. Like at the end of the day, he didn't injure Quick. Quick was right back. Like, yeah, he was hurting, but he was back. Like, he didn't leave the game. Yeah, like so. To me, he was he was healthy enough to get into a scrap with him and on the next play. Yeah, like, like to to me, like you you should be punishing the action, but you should be allowed to take into account the result. And yeah. the result was that Quick, yeah, he's been in Hollywood for a while. He sold it pretty well. And, like, yeah, at the end of the day, there was no penalty on the play either. Yeah, like, it's because it's intense injury. It's not he actually injured him, really. Exactly. It's like if I tried to throw a headshot on a guy and missed completely, I shouldn't be suspended for that for that long. <laughs> Right, like if I try to throw a chicken wing at a guy and I miss completely, which I would, <laughs> like you're not like, oh my goodness, he decapitated him. Like <laughs> it's just like the way it should be. Yeah, so I think like he'll get a game or two. Yeah, yeah, and um, I, I'm I'm like, well, you're you've got to be okay with that, and hopefully, you know, they play the Ducks. The, hopefully, that losing Matthew Kachuk isn't the biggest. Yeah. Lost. It's tough because he is like realist. He's been their best player this year, right? Mm-hmm. But I think I don't think you should think of Matthew Kachuk as a player. I think you got to think of Matthew Kachuk as an experience, right? Exactly. And this is the Matthew Kachuk experience. It's what you're gonna get. It's what you paid him a lot of money for. Yeah, is he gonna do this sometimes? Probably. You're just gonna have to live with it in exchange for all the points he's gonna put up. To me, it's not like the worst thing, but. I'm not like if it's a game or two, I'm not like, oh my goodness, that's absurd. But I know there are a lot of people on Twitter that'll be like that. Right, right. I do think Quick sold it a bit. Uh, like definitely sold it. Like I've got hit in the eye with a stick before. I'm not I've never like done that. Yeah, and, and that that's the thing. It's not like, like it's see, not like he chopped him in the eye. It was like a it's a tap. You see four minute high sticks that have a way worse result than that. Yeah, exactly, right? Is that intent to injure? Like, I think no. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what happens there, but it's yeah. not, it's not great, but it's not as bad as Kings fans would have you think it is. Exactly. Exactly. Um, last thing here though, I also want to talk about the play of Sergei Bobrovsky. It has not been great. A lot of Panthers fans on the social media, not happy with the guy. They want to see more Spencer Knight. Uh, a lot of people blaming him for last night's loss. Like he wasn't great, but like realistically, the Kings were better. They just were. It's sad, but it's yeah. true. Yeah, they 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 were. And you know, did the Panthers maybe deserve to get a point there? Yeah. 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 Probably. Probably. Um, but they didn't, and that's 
it's kind of a lesson learned. Yeah, like I think it just the way it is. And we will talk, you know, like the Panthers this year and like some of their expected goals totals being like, you know, really below their actual goal totals. That is also like is just a product. Like if you take a ton of like low quality shots, you're adding to your expected goals very minimally, but you are. And you do that a lot. You're going to end up with really high expected goals and a really low actual goals. Yep. That's yep. what I'm kind of sensing from this team right now. And some of the players that maybe haven't uh, been clicking, I'd like to see them get, uh, some more, you know, grade A chances. Uh, although there was like one for the Panthers near the end of the game. Like, I don't know how that doesn't go in. A little bit unlucky. Yeah. Uh, and then with Bob, it's it's tough because he's he hasn't been great. I think part of it is the defense in front of him. I think Bob's at his best with like, he's not great when it comes to scrambling and second chances. He needs to, so the defense has got to do, I think, a better job of clearing that out. Uh, he did get beat though on like a clear like one off chance a couple times, but at the same time, I would not be opposed to giving Spencer Knight a run of starts and just see if he can get hot, get into a rhythm and a flow. I mean, you just paid the kid. Yeah, like I know it doesn't kick in till till next year, but, but you still you, you still you sign. Yeah, he committed. You committed. Like, yeah, he may only be earning seven hundred fifty thousand on paper right now but like he's you know he's getting the earning a lot year. more than that yeah exactly yeah, and so, like and bob has been you know a, a huge waste of money really the thing that's hurt the panthers the most in this entire last few seasons has been bob and his contract yeah not like that his play has been like brutal all the time it hasn't been great but it is just the money he, he earns towards the cap uh yeah but if I'm looking at the pan, I do like agree with though people like who are very very critical of Bob and what a waste of money he's been. Not entirely, but I'm looking at the line. Like if you're talking about giving Spencer Knight a run of starts, I'm looking at my goalie situation right now. If I'm the Panthers and I'm saying like, we got Sergey Brovsky, ten million dollars starter, but you can tell his confidence is really low. Mm-hmm. You can tell he's not feeling it when he's in the net, and goalies, I think they're. A lot of them, you want to get them into, you want them playing games. You want them into a bit of a habit, right? I think Spencer Knight needs to play more games. I think if I'm the Panthers, I'm looking at the schedule ahead. And after Anaheim today, it's not great. No. Right? Like there are some very good opponents coming up. But at the same time, they don't have like a back-to-back coming up really uh, in the next few. They have a couple days uh, between some of the games. So if I'm the Panthers right now and I'm looking ahead at the schedule and my goaltending, I think I'd want Spencer Knight in night to net, obviously against the Ducks. I'm gonna I go back to him against the Hurricanes, back to him against the Oilers, back to actually holy shoot. Okay, I give him like six in a row and then I'd start yeah. Bob against the Blue Jackets. Yeah, you definitely right? have to. Yeah, right. Like I I I'd give Spencer Knight a good run of starts and then I would go back to Bob and say, look, you haven't been great, but he needs to like give him the practice time, right? to get back into feeling a bit of a rhythm and then give him an easy start to try to build some confidence against his former team. Couldn't even, yeah. it couldn't be better. His former team was not doing well. They're awful. So I would look to that as kind of a way I would approach it. Maybe he takes one of the tough games because assuming Spencer Knight probably has like a shit game at some point. Exactly. But I would like to see Spencer Knight get a string, you know, gets a few starts in a row to try to build something. Um, Give the kid a shot, you know? Like, yeah. And if he blows it, he blows it. 
Yeah, like I think, you know, you're a team that's trying to win, trying to be a playoff team. You can't make your decisions on, you know, who's playing and who you're starting based on how much money they're earning. You need to make the decision based on who helps us win the fucking game. And right now, I think Spencer Knight, if he can, you know, get into a bit of a rhythm, I think he gives you a better chance than Bobrovsky. And you let Bobrovsky work through what he's working through. Yeah. So that would be my approach. Will it happen? Probably not. No. But, you know, just. But you want to know what? Like, Paul Maurice, I, I think he, he knows he knows what he's doing. And, like, you got to trust him on, on, on this one, right? Like, he's been in the league for so many years that he's seen so many of these situations where you're a good young goalie, solid veteran who's struggling. I'm, I'm sure he's been in this in this situation at least once or twice before. Um, like, I, I'm going to trust what whatever he comes up with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, like, I know, like, people are very critical of Paul Maurice lately, but, and, you know, a lot of people pointing out he has the most losses in the NHL history. But I think the experience matters, and he'll – he'll get something more to this group. Like it's, it's really hard to tell like what is on Paul Maurice and what is on the team. Right. Like is, is he not coaching well enough or are there just some shit players in the lineup? And as long, and I mean, I know he's making the lineup decisions, but he can only work with what he can work with in terms of options. Exactly. So we'll see how the next, the next stretch I think is going to be really crucial for this team to see how they stack up against some top teams like Carolina, Edmonton, Dallas, Boston's coming up soon. So it'll be a really, really crucial uh, next little stretch. We'll see how it goes. We'll talk about it more on next week's episode of the podcast. Uh, But I think that does it for this one. Thank you so much to everyone tuning and listening. We appreciate it as always. And we'll be back next Monday with a brand new episode. We'll see you all then. Panthers are back on top.